Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. I'm your host, Bill Bannum, and today we're joined by John Edgar. John is a Toronto-based business development manager at Concord Consulting Corporation. John shares insights into how people can perform at a higher level and how organizations can create better, more effective teams in order to reach their goals. For over 22 years, Concord has been helping organizations grow their business, manage talent, and strategize for the future. By applying proven talent management strategies and advanced personality assessment technology, Concord has managed to help organizations create more productive work and achieve stronger, more sustainable results and company cultures. John, welcome to the HR Chat podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So you and I got a chance to meet at the Disrupt HR Toronto event a few months ago, and uh, we hit it off, and uh, we've chatted a few times since then, and uh, got a chance even to go out for some beers and play some pool where you beat me. Uh, and it's <laughs> great it's great to get you on now as, as, as a guest to talk a bit more about what you're very passionate about, which is helping organizations and your work at Concord. So. To start with, uh, I'd like a bit of background. Tell me a bit about your career up to joining Concord. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a mixed bag. When I, uh, when I graduated from university, I, I was always drawn towards sales. I took a job. Uh, my first business development job was a software company, essentially cold calling, and it, it evolved into everything from SharePoint, did a little bit of work in marketing automation, and then uh, was briefly in the, uh, the music industry as well. Decided uh, my next move would be to the company Concord, which has been a pretty great experience so far. Thank you very much. What What does a typical work week look like for you? Essentially, uh, it, it's a lot of uh, getting out of the office and meeting people and having conversations, uh, sharing what we do, sharing how we help organizations, and uh, essentially trying to build those relationships to trying to find the problems that we solve really well. And, and who are the typical people that you speak with in terms of job titles, company size in industry give give me a bit of an insight there the people that i talk to the most are typically the people that sort of own the the business pain or own the business problem so i talk to a lot of uh higher up executives vps ceos uh, to really get an idea of sort of what's changing in their business to uh to cause them to be looking for uh for the solutions that we offer what would you say you love most about your job two two or three things oh absolutely uh the one thing i love is that because we're helping organizations figure out what they need for employees or for people working for them is i get to learn a ton about new jobs i can't believe how many different jobs there are uh especially in organizations um and not only that but learning sort of the nuances I love that what we do really does solve a business pain and that I'm able to really figure that out and help make a, a difference in the organizations. Because we create these great relationships with our prospects and our clients, we're able to then uncover other problems and sort of help them really uh, re- really figure out where, uh, where, where they need to take their businesses. As I mentioned at the top of this show, uh, you and I have got a chance to have a few conversations now. And uh, you've got a great story uh, around how you you came to be at your current role. So why don't you why, why don't you tell us a bit about what drew you to Concord Consulting and uh, and how how you made that position sort of come about? I think like a lot of people, uh, I, I was uh, really miserable in a, a past role and you know, that I work for now. And uh, I had actually done the survey that we offer 
and I went through it and, and met up with my uh, my now boss, and I was absolutely blown away with the amount of insight that you can get from a tool like this. So uh, what happened was, is I, I approached the organization, and I said, uh, I'd really like to represent your company, and I'd like to uh, do it in Toronto. And uh, we talked, and one thing led to another, and now that's what I'm doing is opening up the office. Uh, for the Ontario League of Concord Consulting. What goes through somebody's mind when when they're trying to create a job for themselves and and they uh, and they 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 make that contact and they they reach out to someone and say, hey, you know what? I think I can help a business. I think I can take it to the next level. I think I can bring it to a new geography. Um, just give me a bit of an insight into in, into your mind and and that go getter mentality to make that happen. I don't know. I it it just sort of uh, occurred to me. I had always thought, wouldn't it be nice to be a consultant? But it's really hard to say, okay, I just want to be a consultant uh, and start a new business. And I saw a really great opportunity uh, with, with this company that I work for now and that it was, it was fantastic to see an organization with a product with, with, a, or, uh, with a product that's kind of you know, ready to go to market and one that actually solves a problem. And uh, it was such a good fit in my mind that it just made sense to uh, to sort of have that initiative to contact them and say, hey, I really want to work for you guys. Okay, so now give me the uh, the, the high level overview. Imagine that I'm I'm treading the boards at an event like Sherm or HRPA, and I come across you at a at a booth, and I and I ask you, what recruitment problems does Concord solve? Yeah, it's funny. I, I'll be I go to a lot of events. And the way I like to answer that is I like to say the problem that we actually solve. And we've been around for about 22 years. And uh, one thing we've noticed is that the greatest failing uh, in recruiting high performers at any level in any organization is a lack of clarity in defining behavioral job requirements for the position in which they are recruiting for. So what does that mean? A lot of people have got really, really, really good at hiring based on education, skills, and experience. But where they tend to drop the ball is figuring out what the actual behaviors necessary of the individual are to be a high performer in the role. So as a result, we created this tool that can actually predict how successful they'll be in the role before you actually hire them. And there's this really magical thing called fit. And it's so ambiguous. And everybody's looking for it, but nobody really knows what they're looking for or has any formal training on that. So we've simplified that process. Profile is, a, is an assessment tool. And the way it sort of is, is separated from everyone in the market is that we bring with it a, a consulting experience. Uh, so not only do we understand uh, how the tool works, but we know how to apply it uh, in different business situations or, or different hiring situations. And what other sorts of ways do organizations use Profile? The majority of the people that we work with use it in recruiting. But it's also used in succession planning. Um, it's also used for promoting someone. Uh, a big problem that organizations face is that they decide they want to recruit, or sorry, they want to uh, promote someone, and they end up promoting someone who's really, really good at the job they're doing, and then end up promoting them into one that they uh, really have a hard time with. So we're able to catch that issue before using a tool like Profile. What kind of problems can can that cause then when you when you spot you know I, I don't know uh, somebody in the sales team who can sell amazingly and you think that they're going to be a great sales manager? Um, but oh what, yeah. But, but then it turns out that <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it doesn't translate. What 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 are some of those problems that that can happen? It's interesting because you can put someone who's incredibly good at sales 
And just because they're really good at selling or really good at getting that business excitement or really good at developing that business doesn't mean that they'll be really good at managing people. And a lot of organizations see a go-getter out there and they say, you know what, this person, uh, they've got the right attitude and they're really good at sales and they're going to be really good at managing people and they're really going to be good at sort of taking that next step. And a lot of the times that couldn't be further from, from wrong. So uh, the issue is that, for instance, one of the traits we measure is called assertiveness. And you have to have a certain amount of assertiveness to hold people accountable. And if you put a not so assertive person into a role that requires assertiveness, what will happen is that they'll start to get very stressed out and they'll start to lose job motivation. And that can be uh, really detrimental for a company that's trying to grow. Do you, do you feel that the, the onboarding and training part of it, when, when someone is transitioning in their career from you know, uh, low to medium to maybe a higher level management position, uh, do, you, do you think that's crucial and can make all of the difference? Or is, is it really a case of some personalities just are better at focused roles without that management component? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we see it a lot. You know, we'll come in and there'll be a manager that's having a, a hard time uh, in the role and, and the CEO wants to get more insight on that. And uh, what we find is that they had been promoted because they had done a really good job. For instance, uh, a role, say, going from analyst to salesperson. An analyst would be very happy every day coming in, crunching the numbers, uh, doing a lot of heads down type work. And then they get promoted into a role where they have to start being more social and start to tell people what to do. Uh, so yes, de definitely that that uh, that does happen and that does become an issue. Can you offer some strategies which an HR pro should maybe adopt to help develop a more efficient, productive, and success-driven culture within the company? And I, and I, I say an HR pro, but of course you work with. C-level, yeah. so the, the leadership team as a whole. That, that's actually a, a question I get quite often because culture has become in, incredibly important. And um, what, what we've realized is that a lot of the reason cultures fail is because for a culture to thrive, you have to have the right people there in the first place. And half the reason people don't want to participate in culture is because they're actually quite miserable in their job. So happy people equals a, a good culture. So the first step, obviously, to a good culture is, is having, you know, one, one thought of, and, you know, good considerable thought to that. But then having people in it who will actually enjoy being a part of it. And part of enjoying being a part of any culture is being happy with the work that you're doing. It is, is a big focus of uh, Concord Consulting's objectives for its clients um, to achieve ha happiness means productivity is that an efficiency are they the key drivers um, so a productive workforce is a happy workforce or can company culture and a happy company culture be you know be generated in different ways yeah absolutely uh you know you obviously uh want to be a, a good employer to work for and i think that a happy culture isn't necessarily just being productive but it's having a, a, a boss or a leader who really understands their people and really understands what they're good at and what they'll always be good at and what they're bad and will always be bad at. So if you are managing someone that you know has a low attention to detail, but they're good everywhere else, and instead of pushing them to always be stronger in that area, you know that they won't be. So you can make decisions on maybe putting them in a different role that requires less. 
But I think cultures really start to fail when uh, managers start to try to make people into something that they're not and never will be. And then there's that huge disconnect. So I think that definitely also adds to, uh, to company culture as well. Right. So it's all about the specialization, about honing in on particular skills and making those more productive, those more efficient than more traditional, perhaps, um, attitudes of broad strokes. Yeah. Great. We're getting to the end of this show, I'm afraid. John, before we wrap up, uh, how can our listeners learn more about you? Three ways. You can go to concordconsulting.com www.concordconsulting.com. If you're interested, I, I, I do uh, some blog posts every once in a while on my LinkedIn page. So that's John Edgar LinkedIn. And if anybody would like to get in touch, it's J-E-D-G-A-R at concordconsulting.com. Wonderful. John Edgar, thank you very much for being our guest today. Uh, listeners, I've been your host, Bill Bannum. This has been the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.